0: Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family-supporting gun. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd.
1: Hey, mamas this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Robin Boyd and we've got a great show today we're going to talk with Kathy Crafty now this is the second in our three part series on marriage and family and we're going to talk today about marriages now i was married for a long time i was married over 10 years and i found that there were ebbs and flows in marriage and there were difficulties and challenges and one of the challenges that i faced was that i stopped dating my ex-husband didn't so that put a real ding in our marriage and it it actually rendered it non-recoverable um i think because with the first affair i kind of fell apart and then the second one i was like really really we're going to do this again and uh i got my ducks in order and filed for divorce but not everybody has to go down that route and long-term marriages especially uh require i think an understanding of the ebbs and flows of long-term relationships the highs and lows and also kind of a working knowledge of when to throw in the towel now before i get to our guest Kathy Crafty and um, and my co-host Robin Boyd I want to give you the piece of advice that somebody gave me when I was thinking about filing for divorce and I my kids were three months old and two and a half years old so there's not many people that want to pull the plug at that point but I called Robin, I think, every hour on the hour. I called my <laughs> friends. I called my mom. I talked to a therapist. I talked to attorneys. I talked to uh, a divorce coach. I actually hired a divorce coach to coach me through it um, because I knew I couldn't do all this on my own. And the one piece of advice came from another mom, and she looked at me across the, the hallway outside of the school and And she said to me, you know what, Sam? She goes, I know what you're going through. I've been there. She goes, one day you will wake up and you'll know what to do. And I didn't believe her at that point, but... I thought, well, I'll give it a try, because there's no sense in, you know, pulling the trigger too soon. You know, you can always pull the trigger, you know, later on. You don't have to jump into anything. And by God, she was right. I woke up one morning, and I said, I'm done. I've gone through all the therapy. I've gone through the marriage counselors. I've read all the Savior marriage books. I've done, done, done. And I went into the attorney's office for the second time in that year with a clear head and so if you decide to end your marriage and this is a funny way to start the happy marriage shows trust yourself that you will know when the time is right if you're still asking questions if you're still researching you're not ready you will wake up one morning just like that other mom said and know what the right course is for you and your children so that being said i think that's really important that everyone knows that but When we are in our researching stage, you know, and and Kathy and Robin, you guys have been married a long time. Robin, you just celebrated your 40th. Is that right? That's right. Yep. There had to be times. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not asking her to reveal intimate details or whatever. But in 40 years, you can't tell me and Kathy, you've been married over 25 or 30 years. how, How much?
2: It'll be 34 this summer.
1: 34 this summer. Okay, so you guys have some pretty good long-term track record. There had to be times in your marriage that you thought, I can't do this anymore, or this is not good for the kids, or this is not good for me, and Rob, you know, you went through cancer and cancer treatments when your kids were younger, Um, so that's a whole different way of checking out, but... um, You had to have some times in your marriage where you wondered if this this was what you were supposed to be doing. And I'm going to go to Robin first and then to Kathy.
0: Absolutely. You do have times that you dis- you have to assess whether this is right. Am I doing this for me? Am I doing this for my children? Am I really in love with this person? Uh, you do look at each other and say, oh, but then you have to break it down. And sometimes you do need that external voice, somebody who's a counselor, so your minister, your pastor, your priest, your whomever you turn to that's going to be Honest with you as far as helping you You look at your situation. You have to say, <clears throat> am I being true to myself? Am I being true to my children? Am I in harm's way? Or am I trying to say, oh, he hit me and I deserved it? You don't ever want to be in a situation where you are putting up with uh, physical or emotional abuse that is, is not healthy for you. And, and b- being strong enough to face that is I think something that every person who's in that situation has to be very, very brave inside to do. And you, Sandra, were very, very brave to have to do, uh, to make that choice and finally say, I am strong, I am doing what's right for me, I am doing what's right for my children, I am proceeding in this path. And then that gives you the freedom to enjoy life In a new way, you may be single, but you are loving life in a whole new way for you, for your children, and for whatever future relationship you do have.
1: Well, and I just want to chime in here uh, for the girls that are out there considering, and especially if you are in a domestic violence situation, my my domestic violence happened after we were divorced, which I think, you know, I never did anything right, Rob. Of course I get that one screwed up. (laughs) But but I guess that's very common. You know, it's very common when you divorce someone who's abusive and then even after the divorce is final, especially in a co-parenting situation, it still continues to escalate. So I want to honor the moms out there, especially who had the, experience i had because even that i was like oh my god rob i'm sitting in this domestic violence class and even i didn't do it right until the lady said oh you know a lot of times you know the 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 things that lead up to uh the physical violence um i i got out before the vis- physical advi- uh, violence escalated at least out of the the marriage um but it was funny to me that i didn't think it would continue i thought the divorce would end it all and to my surprise it didn't especially in a co-parenting situation situation uh where you can use the legal system social workers you can use friends and family to still continue to abuse you and beat you up but um I just wanted to acknowledge that and honor people that, you know what, when it's time to go, it's time to go. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be hard for a while, but you will get through it and nothing lasts forever. And that's, I think, the, you know, the big theme of today is like, for me, I got out of a bad marriage Um at the point at which i knew it was right for me and i want to empower women to do that but for the women that choose to stay and and duke it out in these long-term relationships that don't have financial abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse because boy there's a whole lot of different kinds of things people can do to each other all sorts of wacky things um but when the relationship is boring or the relationship has lost its spark and i hear people say to me now like i'm in my 40s so um I hear my friends saying, like, oh, you know, we just don't love each other anymore. We're like roommates. We're like, you know, maybe I should file for divorce. And I want to, like, take their heads and bonk them together. It's like, that's not, to me, a really good reason to break up a family. Um, To me, it's like, you know what, that tells me, if you're both still together, you're both loyal, you're both co-parenting, work on your marriage. And so, Kathy Kraftke, I'm going to go to you. There had to be times in your 35-year marriage that you were bored or your husband was bored and you guys felt just like co-workers because you were raising kids and trust me that that's a good one to make you guys you know fall into that co-worker category
2: yeah I, I think that's one of our things we do now Dave and I talk so openly about the struggles we've had along the way and one reason we do is because when we hit one there were many struggles along the way of course but we hit kind of a crisis moment in our marriage and we felt like there was nobody around us That could even relate. I mean, from our point of view, it was like we knew people who were divorced and we knew people that were happily married, but we didn't know anybody that would just tell us, oh, guess what? Marriage is hard. It's not, you know, Walt Disney and fairy dust. So that's what we have done now that we've experienced so many different challenges and overcome them. We tried now to talk very openly about what that process looked like for us, because every marriage is different. You have two different people, and but people can hear the stories and begin to make their own choices about how they want to do their marriage. I was just going to tell y'all one thing: there was a there was a moment. Dave has always said this, but there was there, it must be about 30, when you've been married about thirty years. When people ask how long have you been married, and the, and you tell them they start saying, oh, wow, that's so neat. That's so cool. How did you do it? And Dave always says, it's a miracle. And people would look at me like my feelings would be hurt. And I would just start laughing go, no, he's just telling you the truth. It's a miracle. We don't know how we did it. You know, I mean, hard work, (laughs) But, but yeah, it's not, it's not like something that we take credit for. But on the other hand, we do know it's, It's, it takes a real commitment and it also takes the right circumstances. You can't, some marriages you cannot recover in because they're not safe. I'm glad you said as much as you did about that. We're talking about saving marriages that are savable, salvageable Mm -hmm. and making them fabulous. We're not, but there are some marriages that can't be saved. and, And we, we really need to let each other have permission to acknowledge that I think.
0: And it's true the uh the the knowing and being strong enough to uh face that it's not to say that you're not going to go through a rocky time we we had some, some times that were rocky, and you did too kathy you said that you had uh times that it really did take some effort, but that um but facing it and then facing it together, um, you were able to not only resurrect, but you were able to probably create an even stronger relationship on the other side of it because you did work it out together. Um, and and maybe that was the
2: blessing in disguise. I think, I think it's funny Jackie Kennedy said this, The first time you marry for love, the second for money, and the third for companionship. And I would just say, maybe we should reverse that and just go for companionship. (laughs) Just start there. I like what Sandra raised that question earlier about. Yeah, yeah. the young people are getting confused about what they're in the marriage for in the first place
0: isn't it true we're talking today with kathy Gravy. she is our guest for the hour so make sure you're comfy cozy we've got some great conversation coming up so we want you to stay right with us here on military mom talk radio don't go away we've got lots more ahead stay with
3: us on military mom talk radio Words you never heard. If
4: you're like me, sometimes you have trouble choosing between being a couch potato or going out. Hey, it's a big decision for us scabberlatchers. A scabberlatcher or a ragabash is another word for a lazy person. Well, A couple from California seems to have solved the problem by inventing a motorized sofa. You may think they're just spinning their wheels, but people have spotted the couple cruising down the street on their drivable Davenport in West Los Angeles and Santa Monica. No word yet on the couple's identity, but a man claiming to be a relative said, It's all well within the norm for his fun-loving cousin. I don't know if this Chesterfield on wheels is street legal, but either way, I think the police would have to put up quite a chase before they could coach him.
3: It's and
4: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
0: We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey everyone! This is Military Mom Talk Radio, and I'm here with Sandra Beck. Um, she's on. Um, <laughs> she's taking care of some dogs right now. We're t- here today with Kathy Cravey. She's our guest, and we're talking about relationships.
1: In How about dad- relationships where you're going to kill your dad, your dogs, yeah. and your children all at the same time? <laughs> They're all in the kitchen, like, making noise. I'm trying to run the show, and this is typical single motherhood, you know, not married. You're juggling everything, so I'm sorry about that. I, oh, no, I was, like, okay. <laughs> running on making soup and everything for one sick kid, and it's all good. But that's marriage, or, you know, well, that's family. That's right. Isn't it true? Family, um
0: Families, I love the fact that this generation is so multifaceted. Um, family can be anything. Family can be a, a multitude of, of dimensions. And um, isn't that wonderful that our kids are growing up with that kind of um, freedom, that kind of openness, that there uh, there's acceptance in no matter what that definition is? I can't think, okay. I think-
2: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think it's so important for us to realize that we're designed to have fellowship and companionship, and and I especially think when we're talking about military wives or military husbands who have a hero on deployment, being without the kind of companionship that you're designed for can be so tricky. So I think if we need to really acknowledge that, so that we know how to look around and recognize when we have. Companionship that's healthy and wholesome in other ways that's just a crucial part of our design and our makeup as human beings.
0: I think um, there are so many times when when we begin a relationship, um, we might have expectations we might have hopes that this is going to uh, be a vision of, of what we're thinking the relationship would be, and maybe things don't always come to that same um, uh, process in the same time frame or the same manner. And I think when we enter a relationship, um, it's important to sort of keep an open mind and, and mm-hmm. not sort of put parameters or, or boundaries out of, around those expectations. Do you you think, Kathy, that there are a lot of phases or uh, growth spurts that we should expect in a relationship?
2: Yes, and I've heard you use the word evolution, Robin, and I I think that is such a great word for what happens in marriage. And I, I really wish when I'd been a young mother, because, you know, there's that honeymoon stage the first two years. And I thought that was just unique to Dave and I, but I wish someone had told us to expect that that would end. So if you're young and you're newly married and you're experiencing the two years of honeymoon bliss, I want you to know that when that comes to a screeching halt, you're not unusual or weird and you didn't marry the wrong person. That's very typical. That's a normal phenomenon that happens. And then from there, we begin to learn some skills that we may not have gotten growing up in our own families. And the beautiful thing about marriage is it brings together different backgrounds, different kinds of wounds and baggage. And you combine them together and begin to form something totally new out of all your skills and your opposites attract and your baggage and your family background and some of the fabulous things your parents taught you. Those all go into the same pot and you begin to pick the things you love and the things you don't want to take into the rest of your future together. So there's definitely stages in marriage, and I I do wish people would talk more about that.
0: Talking, that's the operative word. I think so many times communication is um, just uh, said so loosely, but we need to take that word so seriously. Being able to communicate with your partner um, and, and that just doesn't always have the same definition. Communication is really important.
2: I think it is, and I of course I studied journalism, and I got a lot of communication in school, so I never even thought of that as something I wasn't good at. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, you know, it just never occurred to me. And so poor day that I would just throw more words at him. And I think he was overwhelmed. He's, of course, because I'm an extrovert, he's an introvert. So naturally, we would find each other right. <laughs> just like I have to have the thermos up, I mean, the thermostat up to uh, 70, and he needs it at 60. So there you have it. I mean, we're just so opposite. I sometimes wonder how we ever managed to, to find compatibility and fellowship together and tenderness. But anyway, communication is something you always hear about. And again, it was one of the, I don't know, I must sound like somebody that didn't have any experience, but it was one of those things. I just had no idea what a challenge it was going to be for us. And so right now I'm working on a book and I'm almost done with it, but my favorite chapter in the whole book, I mean, I wish I could just download it to everybody's computer today so they could see the. it answers the question, how do you change an argument back into a conversation. I, I just wish I like 34 years ago, the day we got married. I did not know. I just kept arguing. <laughs> I did not know how to get from the place where I just knew I was right and he better hear me to the place where, oh, okay, we're talking about this again. <laughs> so I, I tried to. Think-
0: Sorry. No, what I was going to say is I think sometimes we have to be able to speak our mind, but we have to be willing to listen to the answer. And we cannot um, forecast what the other person is going to say, nor can we dictate what the other person is going to say. We have to expect um, what, or, or
2: accept what the other person is going to say freely. Well, the, when I got to the heart of answering that question, how do you change it? argument back into a conversation? And I, my sweet friend, Sandra Beck, who always makes me think harder than I want to, she made me answer that in one sentence. And the answer was by asking a gentle question. Mm. That just changed everything. Once I had it diagnosed I could see it I mean we were doing it already by then by the time I got around to writing this book I knew I knew what I needed to do in practice I just had to figure out how to reduce it to one or two sentences so it would be something I could transfer to other people you know and just share with other people so that was the answer but as you know Robin because you're so great at asking great questions a gentle question changes your whole attitude. I mean, suddenly you're listening instead of computing your next response in the debate, you know? <laughs> right, right. Because
0: instead of being defensive, instead of saying, no, I, I – and you certainly want to express your opinion but you also need to be willing to accept what the other answer is and then find that common ground that's going to be okay, the common ground that's going to be, all right, I'm going to concede here, but I'm going to accept that. You, you definitely want to find the way that the two of you can work that compatibility out. I, I, I look at with my son um, – he married a, a woman who I love. I, I'm very, very pleased that these two are um, married. I, I love the fact that uh, she has brought uh, her her life into our family. She comes from a very different background than ours is. And she actually put it to me one day. She says, Robin, you have to remember, not all families are like yours. <laughs> and I had to sit back and say, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what does that mean? And, but we do speak out. We're very, so if we were supposed to have dinner at seven, but someone got caught in traffic, then we'll have dinner at 715. It's okay. And, um, I think sometimes other, uh, relationships do put these boundaries on what, can be talked about there's a boundary around the the discussion yes i'll i'll discuss this with you but your answer has to be within these parameters or else it's unacceptable um we do need to accept the
2: other person you know one thing i discovered when i began to practice this and i i don't know it's probably been i don't know 10 years maybe more but once i began to practice that art of a gentle question what was fascinating to me is My whole family kind of picked up on it. And my husband, I mean, he will actually literally even now stop a convers like an argument, stop debating, stop trying to tell me why, why I'm being illogical because I don't agree with him, which he's very logical. So he has me at a disadvantage, but he'll stop and he'll, I'll see it compute. I mean, it's like, I can almost see the, all the little wheels turning in his head. And next thing I know, he'll come out with a gentle question. because he's wanting to do the same thing. He's not wanting to argue. So that has that exercise for us both has been so transforming for our marriage, learning to look at each other and think, what general question could I ask now that would transform this debate back into a conversation. Mm. And that's an art
0: I think that we all need to learn sooner than later. <laughs> Because obviously if you haven't caught on to that and it's 40 years down the road and you're still not computing, um, that that that's certainly a challenge. And you've got a lot of lost time between then and now. Um, and we, you would certainly want to make sure that your time um, – it's growing and you're you're actually enhancing your relationship so much more. Uh we're with Kathy Craffy today. We have a break coming up Kathy. So on the other side of the break maybe uh a little bit more about the those communication skills in that with the military there are so many times that uh we are not physically together and a lot of our communication is remote a lot of our communication is either has to be a little bit cryptic because um Mm -hmm. uh we we can't we might be in a public place when we're trying to communicate or maybe he's standing in the middle of a, a, a of a general uh office and a whole lot of people are moving on so he can't say all of the intimate things that he might want to say so maybe we could talk a little bit more about the art of communication. We're with Kathy Craffy today, and I do want to let everybody know she's got a great website. Uh, you should go to Kathy, and that's spelled C-A-T-H-Y. Crafty is spelled K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E dot so we want you to go and visit her there this is military mom talk radio and if you ever want more information about us we're at military we're always there uh we've got lots of podcasts for you if you want to catch up on some of our past topics and if you're interested in more information about kathy we have a whole series with her and we're so pleased that uh she is taking the time to be with us uh we'll be back in a moment here on military mom talk radio We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio.
3: Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from choice.com.
4: Do you ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks, the car won't hunch, plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock. Or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny but no one else does? witzel It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Robin Boyd with you for Sandra Beck, and we're talking today with Kathy Craffey. We're talking about relationships. Uh, Kathy having a long term relationship, she's uh, 34 and counting, and Robin Boyd here with 40 years and counting. There are so many times over the years that we have been just in bliss. We've been content. We've been happy. We have traveled or shared the joy of our children, uh, had a family gathering and having family around. And we've just had a wonderful time. And then there are times when either we're separated physically or maybe separated emotionally. Maybe somebody is going through a time in their life um, uh, maybe our spouse has lost their job or is is downsized or has to move into a different phase in their life. Maybe illness is taking over um, and you need to sort of pause where you thought you were. In fact, Kathy, I- I'll share with you when my mom had a stroke, my dad passed away in 1994 mm-hmm. in February that same year she had a stroke here she was finding herself as a single person and uh sort of getting on after dad died and she was starting to venture out and she did a little bit of traveling and then come august she had a stroke and um Mm -hmm. all of what i thought my life would be in fact i had written a blog about it uh the fact that here i thought i was going to sort of see my children off to college and my husband and i would take up golf and we would travel and bam that just completely was shattered and Mm. there was a time that you know my husband and I were fine we were not uh, distanced from each other Mm. but I think we were living a parallel life we were not living a unified life at that point I had a completely new role that I never thought I was going to have to face Mm. at that stage in in our marriage and in in raising my children Uh, my mother was faced with uh, the challenge of being a dependent uh, which she was a very independent woman she was such a, a spitfire. She just had an opinion for everything, and she let you know it. And um, to be able to have this kind of change and then to be able to realize, here I've got these people around me, but deep inside my heart, I'm lonely as heck. I don't know how to get out of this. What kind of thoughts do you have on on feeling lonely and how to pull yourself back closer into the relationship that you so desperately need.
2: Well, I love it that you, that you brought that up because I do think that that's one of the, you mentioned expectations earlier in the hour. And Mm. one of the things that happens is we get married and we think that we're going to have the happily ever after. And we, we don't know what that looks like because Walt Disney never gets to that stage. I mean, he never shows the rest of the story after they have the perfect romantic kiss and that's it. The the scene closes and that's it. So but the truth is the real story is when we see these people that have been married 50 years and we talk to them and we find out what they live through we find out there were moments in any marriage where the wife I'm saying that because we're speaking mostly to women I think yeah but, but the wife feels so alone and lonesome And so there are a lot of things as women in our, you know, as we get older and we've lived in marriage for a long time, we begin to understand there's just all these things that we have that are resources. And that's what I would encourage people to do is really open your eyes and say, what are my resources? And. And one thing that is true is there's always other women around that are observing our life and wanting to help us, but they don't know how to reach out to us. They don't want to impose. They don't want to intrude. And yet they may even recognize the signs because they've lived through this. They know what it looks like. So I would always say look for resources. And I especially think that's true for our military wives, our heroes on the home front that are their husbands far away. I I loved what you shared about having to have intimate conversations in a room filled with other military personnel. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine. And I I can't talk about military very easily because I always start tearing up, but I'm always so grateful for the sacrifices that our military men and women and their families make for our freedom. I just, I'd never want to miss a chance to say thank you for that. But while we're talking about marriage and being alone and lonely in marriage, here are some things that I've tried. I just made a list while we've been talking. At least five things I could think of that helped. I, Dave and I decided to create a shared vision, and that unified us no matter how far apart we are or where he was traveling with his work. I learned to negotiate a lot better over 30-something years of marriage. I was not real good at negotiating when we started, and that led to some of our problems because I hadn't been asking for what I wanted because I didn't even know what I wanted. So learning to negotiate well, asking for what you really want and need is a big part of that, and welcoming others into your life, which goes with finding your resources. But another one I thought of as we were talking is Dave and I have developed a personal etiquette, and I, I would recommend this for any young couple. I know you you guys have it too, Robin. If, if there's something that I think is rude for for him to behave toward me, I certainly don't want to do that to him. It needs to be, there's no double standards. It needs to be what's good for the goose is good for the gander is good for both of you. But there ought to be kind ways that we treat each other in marriage. It doesn't always work out that way, but I do think those that there should be a standard. And, and I would assume that when you're so far from each other, that that would really help even if there were other people in the room. So tell me a little bit about how that works while we're on this topic. Robin, how does that look when you have to have a conversation and your husband is a million miles away, but there might be 15 <laughs> people listening and it's your only chance to talk? I think sometimes setting up little buzzwords,
0: um, uh, and, and it could just be, be intimate between the two of you, you can probably say something. He, Maybe he could say, you know, I always loved your cupcakes. <laughs> and you know what he's talking about, but the, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be public. You know, uh, th- there are some t- things that I think you say to each other that uh, are just – intimate between the two of you um i think there are times that you need to remember each other um just in a moment we're lucky in this day and age that we can text each other um and we can be able to communicate a lot easier than we ever did i mean in my day you had to wait for the letter to come um you had to wait for um the postman now you can wait for a text message. And I think sometimes being able to just send a quick text, love you thinking about you sitting at the, at the rock or wherever it was that maybe you had your first intimate moment. Uh, You know, it's, it's one of those things that make you a little more connected. It's just important between the two of you. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's just typing the lyrics or saying the lyrics of a song. And within those lyrics, that means so much more to your partner because it's, um, it's bringing you back to that moment where you were together in heart and in moment in, in your soul um, and finding that intimacy not physical intimacy but that heart intimacy that able to connect your hearts at that given moment is going to just keep you together keep the bond strong no matter where your life is taking you apart to know that that soulmate is there for you and he or she is there um sharing that moment with you just makes it as intimate as if you were, you were together uh, in that marital
2: union. I love that. I just think that's such great advice. But it does prompt me to ask a real honest question. <laughs> 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 you know, there are just times when I know I ought to give my husband that satisfaction of some sweet little token of affection like that. But my prideful... Heart just won't do it. I'm like, no, he, he doesn't deserve that. He should be doing that for me. Blah blah blah. So tell me, since you've been married longer than me, what is your secret to giving those things when you know you should, but you don't want to because you just are, you know, selfish, or I don't even know how to describe my feelings about that, but just mean. Sometimes I'm just honorary So well, have, there's also times. <laughs> there's also times that you can say.
0: Honey, I miss you. I I haven't felt connected to you. Um, I I want to find a time where we can um, t- where we we can reconnect, if, if for lack of a better term. And de- depending on what your circumstance is, I think there are t- it's okay for you to say to your partner, um, "I need to reconnect. I need to mm-hmm. uh, find." find each other i i feel a little lost right now i'm not feeling you right now um and i'm here when you're ready to reach back to me and i think you have to be honest
2: i love that that is such great advice i love that advice thank you for that well being honest honest, (laughs) that is just so great and honestly i mean that's the kind of stuff i wish i somebody had like, I may have to tattoo that one on my forehead for a few days. Aww. That's the kind of stuff I wish people had given me when I was in my 20s. Not not now when I'm in my 50s, you know. But it's not too late, and that's the truth. You can you always never learn a new skill. It's never skills. too late. You can yeah. always learn a new skill. We talked about last time, I think, I'm pretty sure this was on the last podcast that we talked about creating the per, a, a mission statement for your family.
0: Yeah. Yes, you did.
2: I didn't want to miss a chance to refer back to that in case somebody missed that first episode. They would know that we talked a lot about how a mission statement will unify your family, and I think that's so important when you're especially deployed. I just know that must be very
1: important.
0: I think so, because I think you do – you you stick with it, if you will. You you have it in your heart because that's it's it's like saying a prayer. We know that we are bound by a prayer that we say, uh, and we may say it week after week after week when we're at church, or night after night when we when we go to bed, or during our day. But Having it within our heart does mean that we have that bond to the words in whom we share that that with that promise with, um, but I also think too that uh, just there are so many times that we are distanced from each other that there are times that we have to be patient we can 't mm-hmm. always expect that just because I, I need something right this minute, we have to know and trust that that other person is going to come back when they can or say the things we need to hear when they can, especially when someone's deployed. We don't always have the luxury of knowing everything that's going through their mind and heart. If they're on a mission, if they're doing a, a job, they have to focus on that job. And we can't be hung up on, oh, honey, you didn't say I love you when you hung up and then sit there for two weeks worrying about why didn't he say I love you? Um You've got to trust that the fact that uh, he did text you or he did send a message or he said uh, thinking of you or, yeah, I got to go. He's giving you that indication that right now I'm doing my job and I am going to be back with you as soon as I can. And we are going to be back in just a minute, Kathy. We've got a break coming up. So we want everybody to stay put and have trust that we're going to be back. Check us out at com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from zero hundred hours to 2359. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. It's merging. Did you
4: ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
5: Information about book publishing is power. The Power to Change Your Authoring Life, and The Power to Change the Lives of Your Readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing, Everything You Want to Know But Didn't Know What to Ask, with your host, Dr. Judith Riles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Riles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Robin Boyd with you today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Thanks for being with us. We're so glad to share this time with you. Um, if you do miss uh, any of this show or our other shows, we want you to visit MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. All of our podcasts are there, this one as well as many, many more. Um, we're on iTunes. We want to invite you there as well. If you're on the go, take a podcast with you because uh, there's some great guests and some wonderful conversations we've had in in the past, as well as this wonderful conversation that we are having right now with Kathy Kravvy. We're so appreciative for you to be here, Kathy. We're talking about communication, and we're talking about keeping bonds strong. And when a bond starts to um, weaken a little, uh, there are times that we need to sort of be patient and let that... um, that evolve. There are times that maybe either an absence, the old term absence makes the heart grow fonder, doesn't necessarily, um, mean that uh, when they go away it doesn't need a little reconstruction when we're reunited again and I think there are times even if it's not a deployment even if it's you've been side by side in the same household all the time there are times that a divide does happen and and coming back together again um, we need to remove boundaries we need to let go we need to either forgive or release or um, find the way to open our hearts for what's new and uh new and improved maybe (laughs) that that terminology there's there's always room for improvement in every relationship what do you think kathy as far as when you realize that there are boundaries that have uh cropped up and come what's the best way to sort of alleviate those boundaries so that we can flourish in what's What's yet ahead?
2: Well, I love it that you brought up boundaries. We, we've we been talking, of course, we started out talking about how there are stages of marriage. And for me personally, I just didn't get clear boundaries growing up in retrospect. I mean, at the time, I didn't notice. And, and maybe it's like you said earlier, each family has sort of their own dynamic. And then you bring two families together, and you do have to figure out how to navigate that Mm -hmm. combining sort of collaborative thing that happens in a marriage. So for us, I didn't even know how to identify what boundary issues were, first of all. So counseling really helped with that. It helped me understand how important it is for me to know what I want and also to listen to my own intuition when, when something was going a certain way and I didn't feel comfortable with that. How did I clarify that for my husband or myself, even. So I think boundaries are really important. and I think one thing that may happen is as women we get we get really over committed because we like to help people. We think it's fun. it's part of our nurturing nature to want to just welcome all the little ducks and geese and chicks into our little nest, you know. So we can get pretty overbooked pretty quickly in our lives. And you mentioned earlier saving time for your husband or saving time for the most crucial relationships in order to cherish them. I think it's so important for us to prioritize. And to me, boundaries and priorities are almost the same thing now. So I have certain things that I know I want to be true about my life. And because I know that, I also know I have to save time for those specific things and, and that especially means making time for a family, especially my gr- new grandchildren I have. I really want to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. But that also means I have to choose not to do other things. I have a friend one time who told me she felt so bad because she wasn't letting her kids watch much television. And she knew there were some good things that she could rent or download for them. And and so she felt bad she didn't let them do hardly any television. And I said, you know, you you may, you get rid of the the good things and that makes room for the great so your kids are getting to play outside and do some of those things that a lot of kids in this generation are not getting to do so anyway i think that's a lot of what boundaries is for me now is knowing where my priorities are and it took me a while to understand that i don't know if that answers the question of how you do that in marriage but it it, it helps i know that i've grown in that area and i know that boundaries are very important
0: we are. We have not only mother guilt, but I think it's it, it's broader than that. It's woman guilt. I think we guilt ourselves to uh, keeping up a standard. We are, We put expectations on ourselves that we think we have to fulfill. We don't always have to fulfill anything that we aren't willing to accept. And and you, like you say, the priorities. We don't need to put these expectations on ourselves that we aren't willing to uh, complete. If um, someone else down the street can do the Boy Scout troop, the Girl Scout troop, also run the soccer team and also do this and also do that, you do have to wonder where is time for A, herself, B, her faith, C, her family. Um, you, You do wonder where what's lacking if, if she's doing it all. Um, and I think, uh, we have to give ourselves permission to not have to be the all we, we do. What's right for us. We do what's right for our family with, with our, for our relationships.
2: And I think in marriage, especially unity is disrupted pretty, pretty quickly when we don't give the time we need to each other to, to cherish each other. So, and one thing that happens is our resentment can begin to grow. We resent. Yes. That time is not being used the way we want it to be used or that we're not getting quality time together, or that they don't seem to have enough attention for us. But, but one thing that can happen is we feel neglected by each other. And then we can begin to have those, that sense of re- resentment and bitterness. Now, I do know bitterness is cured by gratefulness. And I, I think, I haven't, I haven't been in a military marriage, but I do know that when David has been gone and traveled with his work, which he has done quite a bit, especially when we had young children in the home, that that my bitterness would become almost overwhelming because I would feel that I was doing so much with the kids and not getting a break. And he was gone, and I imagine he felt bitter that he would, be working so hard and not get to see the kids. So you can see how easily that would be like a little rabbit hole for both of us. But but being grateful for each other can cure that pretty quickly. And I certainly know that that, that works. I just know from experience that it does. But it may sound a little trite, because when you're feeling like, oh, I just don't like this situation, it's really hard to be grateful. You know, it is a discipline. It's not easy to say, I'm going to sit here and write down the things I love about this man, even though I'm mad at him right (laughs) now. Yeah. Our, but acknowledging
0: our, that, I think, is is perfectly fine. We can say, you know, right now I'm not feeling real happy, A- and I think that it brings you back to that communication. We don't need to diss the other person in in dumping all of our our anger into. Um, viciousness but I think we can definitely release our anger by that communication and saying I'm having difficulty right now accepting or dealing right now I don't like that you're working every, every night of the week and I'm having a hard time with it that doesn't mean that he can't change the fact that he's working every night because maybe there's a project coming up he has to fulfill it he has to complete it But that acknowledging it and communicating it at least is the beginning of breaking down that barrier.
2: Yes. And I I think for me, just, well, I'll give you an example. There was one day, this was years ago. I don't know how long we've been married, but not that long. Mm -hmm. And I had, 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 we were having some kind of, well, let's just say it it was an argument. And he said something like, well, I'm going to write this down and we'll go to the counselor and talk about it. And I thought, I'm going to make my own list. And I sat down to write down a list of things I was unhappy about that needed to be talked about at the counselor's office. And I was I'm always prayerful, even in my 20s. That was just a part of my life outlook. And so I started praying and the Lord convicted me that I needed to write a list of why I loved him and what it was that attracted me to him in the first place. So I used to tell my kids, I don't know where that list is, but I saved paper like a pat rat. So it's probably <laughs> somewhere in a file. And before they threw out all my paper files from years ago, they should definitely look for it. But But that became my habit. Instead of making my list of things I was mad about, I would make a list every time we had a disagreement of reasons that I loved him and that I knew we were attracted to each other or called to each other by our mutual attraction was a very natural part of the design God intended for us. And so I began to write those things down. And I mean, it got to where I didn't have to write them down anymore because I could just remember them. And that's a real healthy place to be in a marriage. I think sometimes
0: writing things is important. Some people aren't comfortable with journaling, but I think sometimes we do need to um, at least physically write some things down because then it's visible, it's tangible, we're holding it. Uh, When things are abstract, it's too easy to uh, uh, not take it seriously or not pay attention to it. So by having it written down, even if it means you're going to – burn it after you've written it the fact that you've actually held it in your hand and had physical control over it does give you the uh ability to 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 manage it maybe in your heart even more
2: and i know we're coming to the end of this podcast yeah. I just, i'm so grateful that i've had a chance to share every little thing you've let me anything oh. i could share that would encourage somebody to hang in there if they have yeah. a marriage that can be saved it doesn't have to be just saved. It can be awesome. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I want to share something that a great military leader shared, because you know how I love quotes, Robin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one. And, and when I tell you who it is, if you don't know, if you don't recognize it, you're going to go, oh, my gosh. My most brilliant achievement was my ability to be able to persuade my wife to marry me. And the brilliant military leader who said that was Winston Churchill. Isn't that great? Of that all is things he wonderful. did. I mean, he wrote an extensive history of his people and uh, led a nation and, and allies to conquer one of the worst evils in World War II we've ever seen. And, and then he said his best achievement was marrying his wife. Marrying so his that, wife. Oh, God quickly, bless him. He, Every wife is listening to know you are your husband's best achievement when he persuaded you to be his partner for life.
0: That is so true. And, Kathy, we are so appreciative that you have given this time to us. Kathy Cravey, if you want more from her, watch for her new book that will be coming out. Go to Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Cravey, K-R-A, F is in Frank, V as in Victor, E. Be back next week, Doctor. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military